Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. More than 50 million of us from D.C. to Maine are under the gun with intense weather today. Sunday rain flipped to Monday snow, while 50 mile per hour winds are lashing the coast. It's going to start our work week on a very unsettled note. And it's really very a dangerous situation. Schools in the Binghamton area delayed this morning. There's a winter storm warning in effect for another half hour in Otsego and Delaware counties. Schoharie County under a winter storm warning till 7 tonight. New York City's bracing for widespread power outages from high winds and heavy rain. And farther south, multiple tornadoes tore through Tennessee over the weekend, killing six. It just sounded like an explosion went off. You could hear stuff flying everywhere. It was crazy. The twisters caused extensive damage in the suburbs of Nashville. Two minutes, everything you worked on your whole life just completely gone. Two children among the dead near Raleigh, North Carolina. This woman sheltered a delivery driver from a tornado. I'm like, you need to come in. And he's like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, you really need to come in. There's a tornado coming. And he turns around and starts to leave. And I start to shut the door and he goes, oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, get in here. And I grabbed his arm and pulled him in. Behind this storm front, more lake effect snow, two to four inches south and east of Lakes Erie and Ontario by tonight. The head of the UN World Food Program warns half the population of Gaza faces starvation as the Israeli military continues to hunt down Hamas in the Palestinian territory. Secretary of State Blinken says the Palestinian people have had their land hijacked by Hamas and Israel has every right to defend itself. They are dealing with a terrorist organization that engaged in the most vicious possible brutality on October 7th and has made clear that it would do it again. Dozens of Hamas fighters surrendered to the Israeli army in northern Gaza today. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu says it's the beginning of the end for the terror group. He spoke through an interpreter. I say to Hamas terrorists, it is over. Surrender now. Hamas is threatening to kill the remaining hostages it is holding unless more Palestinian prisoners are released. 20 of those hostages are already dead. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visits the White House tomorrow for a high-stakes meeting with President Biden. Here's correspondent Bo Erickson. This will be Zelensky's third White House visit since the war in Ukraine started, and the White House press secretary said this meeting will underscore the United States' unshakable commitment to supporting the people of Ukraine. President Biden and Zelensky are expected to discuss the U.S.'s military and financial support of Ukraine as the previously passed funding by Congress is running out. President Biden has requested Congress approve an additional $50 billion to aid Ukraine, but it is unclear if or when that funding will be approved. Zelensky will also meet with House Speaker Mike Johnson. Now Republicans want the aid to Ukraine tied to enhanced border security for this country. President Biden in Philadelphia today, his 19th trip to Pennsylvania's largest city since taking office. He's there 
there to fundraise and hand out federal funds for the reopening of a shuttered fire station. Former President Trump has changed his mind about testifying at his civil fraud trial in New York City. That trial resumes tomorrow, a decision in this case expected early next year. Polls show most voters do not want a Biden-Trump rematch in 2024. So why does it seem that cake is already baked? Big question mark. Here's what a few voters in Iowa are saying with just 35 days to go before the Iowa caucuses. If the rematch happens between Trump and Biden, I think that that's a total loss for the country. Nothing will galvanize the Democrat electorate more than Trump being the candidate. Even against Joe Biden, who probably couldn't win against anybody but Trump. I'm a Republican. I think anyone not named Trump beats Biden in a landslide. Trump brings way too much baggage and makes it too much about himself. Biden's health and cognition looks to be in question. You know, I've got silver hair myself. I don't expect to be leading the country at over 80 years old. So I do think that we need somebody younger with higher energy. A sample of what voters are saying in Iowa today with five weeks to go before the Iowa caucuses. According to the latest Wall Street Journal poll, Trump leads Biden by four points going into next year's election. That same poll shows Biden losing to Nikki Haley by 17 points. Haley trails Trump by 40 points in the Republican race for president. One down, two to go. Critics are calling for more heads to roll in the Ivy League after controversial statements made by three college presidents about anti-Semitism. Political pundit Dave Portnoy. They can't be leaders of education when you're asked the basic question. And I don't care if it's Jewish people, Muslims, black. I don't care who it is. If you can't condemn genocide, you're out the door. Liz McGill at UPenn announced over the weekend she's out the door, but Portnoy thinks the presidents of MIT and Harvard need to go as well. And by the way, this coward, Claudine Gay, Harvard, I don't know if you saw, they did a little apology and they blamed it on us. They blamed it on the people. You idiots who weren't smart enough to get into Harvard misunderstood what we said. No, we didn't, you coward. Get out of here. Nobody wants you. The Ivy League presidents refused to say in testimony before Congress whether calls for the genocide of the Jews would violate their code of conduct. And you thought it was packed for Thanksgiving. Airports expected to be the busiest they've ever been. During the upcoming 10-day holiday travel period, AAA projecting 7.5 million air travelers and 104 million drivers for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Combined, that means 115 million people will be on the go for Christmas. Still to come on the Noon Report, bills are back in the playoff picture. The Pennsylvania legislature is back in session. And real or fake, the great Christmas tree debate is back as well. We'll discuss that after this. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. A system that brought rain, wind, and some snow to parts of our region last night is moving away. And some moderately chilly air will mean a few lake flakes into tonight. 
I'll be back with complete forecast details coming up in 10. All right, Kevin, look for you then. In the meantime, let's check the stories making news across New York and Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania House and Senate back in session in Harrisburg today. Just a few days on the schedule this week before they're done for the year. It remains to be seen whether lawmakers can finish work on a funding bill for the state's 15 community colleges. Right now, those colleges are operating on fiscal fumes. In the midst of an ongoing budget battle, 236,000 students are enrolled in Pennsylvania community colleges. The Buffalo Bills kept their playoff hopes alive with a gritty three-point win over the Kansas City Chiefs on the road last night. Bills quarterback Josh Allen. This is the playoffs for us. Um, every game from here on out is is that important. We got to keep going. A Chiefs go-ahead touchdown late in the game was called back for an offsides penalty. Ouch. KC coach Andy um, a bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Bills insider Vic Carucci says this was a huge win for Buffalo. No question about it. And it was much bigger than the saving the season element of the story. They were saving their coach's honor and maybe some would say his job. Things don't get any easier for Buffalo next week as they take on the red-hot Dallas Cowboys. Randy's got more on last night's game coming up in sports. Governor Hochul is warning of dire consequences for New York universities that do not clamp down on anti-Semitism. Hochul penned a letter to the presidents of colleges and universities across New York threatening loss of state and federal funding and potential legal action against schools that let anti-Semitism go unchecked. The governor clearly motivated by Capitol Hill testimony last week by the presidents of Harvard, UPenn, and MIT when they failed to give unequivocal answers to the question of calling for genocide against Jews. Sarah Lee Kessler, New York. Gun rights groups are applauding an appeals court ruling last week that struck down key provisions of New York's concealed carry law. The court declared invalid a provision that forces New Yorkers who are applying for guns to disclose their social media accounts. The Second Circuit also refusing to allow New York to enforce a ban on guns in houses of worship. But the decision does leave in place gun bans in other sensitive locations. A huge pro-Palestinian rally was held Sunday at the Pennsylvania State Capitol. They were there demanding a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas. Here's Pastor Chad Collins. Thousands and thousands of innocent people are being murdered by our tax dollars by our government. Rabbi Lonnie Kleinman was there to show that many Jews do not support this war. It's so important for Jews to be here, for folks to know that Jewish people are for Palestinian liberation. White bags were placed on the Capitol steps to represent the Palestinian lives lost in the war. A recent Wall Street Journal poll shows 55% of Americans support the war. 65% think Hamas bears the brunt of responsibility for the bloodshed. The investigation continues into Saturday night's home explosion in Oneonta, New York. That blast was so powerful it was felt 40 miles away. NYSEG workers had been at the home investigating a gas leak. The Red Cross is assisting 40 people who were displaced by the explosion. Seneca Falls, New York was transformed into Bedford Falls this past weekend as fans of the Christmas classic It's a Wonderful Life converged on that Finger Lakes community. This guy plays the role of Clarence, the guardian angel in the stage performance of the Christmas classic. It's unbelievable every year where they come from.
from Georgia, California, Alabama, Virginia, all the New England states, all sharing a love of the movie, but more importantly, the message in the movie, I think. Wonderful to have so many kindred spirits in one spot. It makes it feel like Christmas. Sure does. Seneca Falls, New York, served as Frank Capra's inspiration for the fictional town of Bedford Falls in the post-World War II era Christmas movie. Two of the child actors from the film, Jimmy Hawkins and Carolyn Grimes, were in town to sign autographs. The warden of the Clearfield County, Pennsylvania prison was fired recently. David Gallagher faced scrutiny following several incidents of escaped inmates. The prison was also the subject of multiple lawsuits related to alleged lack of care for inmates and a series of fatal overdoses. A Pennsylvania high school is looking at a unique way to address the shortage of referees and officials at high school sporting events. Here's Family Life's Brian Crary. Officials at Hemfield High School in Landisville, Lancaster County have announced plans to offer a course in sports officiating next fall at the school. The curriculum is still being developed, but it will include classroom lessons and practical experience in officiating games in a physical education setting. The course will be offered to juniors to fulfill their physical education requirement and to seniors as an elective, with the goal being for students to go on and take the PIAA's test to become certified as a junior official. The hope is that these students will help make up for some of the shortages in officials for high school, varsity, JV, middle school, and youth games in the state. Brian Query, Family Life News. All right, great idea. Thank you, Brian. A Syracuse car dealership is offering to help folks protect their vehicles from thieves. Matthews Hyundai will install anti-theft devices free of charge every day this week from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. Hyundai vehicles with key ignitions are most at risk of being stolen. No appointment is necessary to fix the software glitch. The dealership is also handing out steering wheel locks free of charge. Did you know of the 94% of Americans who put up Christmas trees during the holidays, 77% choose artificial over the real deal. That's according to the American Christmas Tree Association. Suzanne Stokey is a Christmas tree farmer in the Rochester area. Nothing can create those memories like the smell in the field of a real live tree. She runs Stokey Farms, which has been in business for more than 200 years in Scottsville, New York. The fake tree industry can make changes and imitate the look of a tree, but it's not that same experience and it's sure not that same smell. Stokey says when it comes to protecting the environment, real is the way to go. Getting a real tree is truly being green. It is climate positive, unlike the PVCs in the fake trees. For every tree that's harvested, Stokey's farm will plant three or four more in its place. They are here for eight to ten years before they are harvested. And all of that time, they are protecting the soil, protecting from erosion, and they're absorbing carbon and expelling fresh oxygen. Suzanne Stokey of Stokey Farms in Scottsville, New York. Sports is next on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, they'll be talking about the Bills Chiefs game for a long time coming. Buffalo won the game 20-17 in Kansas City, but it was not without controversy, at least according to the Chiefs. Kansas City scored the go-ahead touchdown with just over a minute to play, but it was called back due to an offsides call on wideout Kadarius Toney. 
Kansas City coach Andy Reid said it was an embarrassment for the NFL to make a call like that and that the ref should have given a warning to Tony. Tony was the guy who scored what appeared to be the go-ahead touchdown on a lateral pass from Travis Kelsey. Two things here. Nobody else but Kansas City people are blaming the refs for the call. Tony clearly lined up offsides. His front foot was ahead of the ball, so it was the right call. Secondly, the flag was thrown immediately on the snap. Nobody knew what the play was going to develop as and the way it ended up. For people to say the refs took a win away from the Chiefs, pretty much nonsense. In Texas, it was all Dallas as they beat up on the Eagles 33-13. Philly and Dallas now both 10-3 on the season. Jets also big winners, knocking off Houston 30-6. If your mascot's name started with a B, you won yesterday. The Bucks beat the Falcons 29-25. The Bears over the Lions 28-13. Bengals 34, Colts 14, Browns 31, Jags 27. And the Broncos beat the Chargers 24. To seven. The Saints, Ravens, Vikings, and 49ers also won. On the ice, the Rangers snapped a two-game skid, 4-1 to over the Kings. The Panthers, Oilers, Predators, Caps, Jets, Wild, and Golden Knights also picked up the W. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, cleanup continues in Clarksville, Tennessee. Haley's comment is headed our way. We've got some issues in education to talk about, too. Dr. Ralph Kerr with the teaching and Learning Institute right after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. From the earliest days of the church, Christian theologians have marveled at the paradoxes found in the Incarnation. Among the earliest expressions of this marveling comes from St. Augustine, the most influential theologian in Western Christianity. Augustine was born in 354. A brilliant thinker, he initially rejected Christianity as being an intellectually empty faith, despite the faithfulness of his mother. After wandering through various pagan philosophies, the equally brilliant St. Ambrose, Bishop of Milan, showed Augustine how Christianity was superior to pagan philosophies. That and other things, including his mother's prayers, led Augustine to become a Christian. He eventually returned to Hippo, where he was elected bishop. Augustine was an expert orator. He had been a teacher of rhetoric in Milan when he met Ambrose. As a Christian, he used his intellectual abilities and communication skills to address both the pressing theological issues facing the church in the late 4th and early 5th centuries, as well as the challenges that were being brought by opponents of Christianity. He also employed his impressive skills in his preaching. In his many years as bishop of Hippo, Augustine preached many Christmas sermons that discuss various aspects of the wonder of the Incarnation. In what's known as Sermon 184, which Augustine delivered sometime before AD 396, he pointed out the paradox of God's sovereignty with the vulnerability of becoming a child. Quote, the one who holds the world and being was lying in a manger. He was simultaneously speechless infant and word. The heavens cannot contain him, yet a woman carried him in her bosom. She was ruling our ruler, carrying the one in whom we are. In Sermon 191, delivered years later in either AD 411 or 412, Augustine was even more pointed about the paradox of the Incarnation. 
Quote, the maker of man, he was made man, so that the director of the stars might be a babe at the breast, that bread might be hungry, and the fountain thirsty, that the light might sleep, and the way be weary from a journey, that the truth might be accused by false witnesses, and the judge of the living and the dead be judged by a mortal judge, that justice might be convicted by the unjust, and discipline be scourged with whips, that the cluster of grapes might be crowned with thorns, and the foundation be hung up on a tree, that strength might grow weak, eternal health be wounded, life might die, end quote. Like his listeners then, Augustine would want us to also consider in the Incarnation that which so often we overlook in our familiarity with the story. He also encouraged a response from his listeners appropriate to the great mystery of the Incarnation. Also in Sermon 184, he said this, quote, So then let us celebrate the birthday of the Lord with all due festive gatherings. Let men rejoice. Let women rejoice. Christ has been born a man. He has been born of a woman. And each sex has been honored. Now, therefore, let everyone, having been condemned in the first man, and pass over to the second. It was a woman who sold us death, a woman who bore us life. End quote. As Augustine explained, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh so that our sinful flesh might be cleansed and purified. This shows that it's not flesh itself that's at fault, but it's the sin that corrupts it. That sin must die so that we might live. We would do well to ponder his words on the wonder and the many paradoxes of the incarnation and join him in celebrating and rejoicing in the birth of our Lord. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Thank you, John. Let's head outside next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. The snow from overnight earlier this morning in central New York, northeast Pennsylvania, pretty much done. There'll be scattered snow showers and snow flurries this afternoon into tonight. Temperatures holding nearly steady this afternoon, low tonight 20s. Tomorrow milder, breezy, some sun, high temps, 30s and low 40s. A rain or snow shower tomorrow night, a few scattered flurries and a bit chillier on Wednesday. All right, Kevin, thank you. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Bob Price. Thanks for checking in today. Here's what's going on Monday, the 11th of December. The cleanup continues in Tennessee from weekend tornadoes that killed a half dozen people. Reporter Manuel Bohorquez. At least 22 structures were destroyed and more than 80 people were injured. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee toured the damage Sunday. There are victims whose lives are devastated and will never be the same. Tanya Osborne says she's lucky she wasn't home when her house was I would have been in the closet that's now been sucked out. Officials say it could be weeks before power's back on after those twisters tore through the suburbs of Nashville. Now to the war in the Middle East. Israel says Hamas's grip on power in Gaza is being broken. Prime Minister Netanyahu saying Hamas is at the beginning of the end. More than 2.3 million people in Gaza have fled south squeezed into a small strip along the Egyptian border. A senior U.N. official says half of Gazans are now starving. Correspondent Richard Engel, lawyers for Hunter Biden, trying to get the charges dropped that could land the president's son in prison for decades. House Republicans want Hunter to testify on Capitol Hill this Wednesday. They may charge him with contempt of Congress if he doesn't. They are trying to, in their most illegitimate way, destroy a presidency. And so it's not about me. In their most base way, what they're trying to do is kill me 
knowing that it will be a pain greater than my father could be able to handle. That's what Hunter Biden told a podcaster last week after he was charged in a nine-count indictment for failing to pay his taxes. Between the tax charges and gun charges, Hunter Biden is looking at up to 42 years in prison. Former President Trump has had a change of heart, says he will not testify this week at his civil fraud trial in New York. Trump's charged with inflating his assets in order to secure more lucrative loans. New York's attorney general is suing him for a quarter billion dollars. Trump calls the case election interference, closing arguments scheduled for early next year. Down in the polls, the Biden campaign is turning to a blast from the past to try and jumpstart his fledgling 2024 re-election bid. Fox News contributor Charlie Hurt says Team Biden has turned to Hillary Clinton for help. You know you are in deep, deep trouble if you are picking up the bat phone and calling Hillary Clinton to come help you out. And I think it's sort of interesting that their thinking is that he needs help among women voters. Hillary Clinton held a fundraiser for Biden at her Georgetown home over the weekend. This as poor polling continues to pile on for the president. A new Wall Street Journal poll has Biden losing to GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley by 17 points. Haley's comet, the world's most famous comet, reached the outer limits of our Milky Way galaxy over the weekend and then did a U-turn. That means it's headed back towards us. Going to take a while, though, for it to get here. About 38 years, to be exact, traveling at speeds in excess of 78,000 miles per hour. Earth's inhabitants should be able to get a glimpse of Haley's comet in the year 2061. It was last visible here in the year 1986. You're plugged into the Noon Report, a Monday edition on Family Life. And welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute in Houghton, New York. Ralph, welcome back to the program, sir. I trust you've got all that Christmas shopping done by now. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Haven't you got yours done? Uh, yeah, almost. Okay. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. We are going to talk about Christmas a little later in the program. But first, we want to start with the results of these global exams. And the reason this is significant, Ralph, is this is the first test on a global scale since the pandemic. And it shows that uh, U.S. kids aren't doing that great. Not so bad in science and reading, but in math, test scores are down about 13 points. Why are math scores in such bad shape in this country, Ralph? Well, one of the reasons is that math concepts build on one another. As you know, we had long school closures, much more so than they did in the other countries. And the closures, we can thank your friend and mine, Randy Weingartner, for the union leader of the AFT. But the point is, when you have long school closures, that's going to make for lower scores. And I like what 
the uh, education secretary, Cardona, said, we need a math revolution. Yeah, not to just pick on American kids because globally test scores were down. These assessments measured 620,000 children from 81 countries. Ralph, how did we do compared to the rest of the world? Well, we've been consistently lower, even going back to the pre-pandemic. If you average all the others, the score was 480, and the math score in the U.S. was 465. So obviously it is lower, but again, it's been consistently lower, which says we do need a revolution in math. Gotcha. Hey, we want to go to the Family Life mailbag. Every now and then we'll get people who want to ask questions. This is a question from the Corning High School math teacher, Jeremy Austin, asks this, Ralph, what advice would you give teachers on homework? There seems to be a push not to assign it and not to expect that it gets done once you do assign it. What are some suggestions? Well, I think you have to look at what is the purpose of homework. It helps teachers determine how well the lesson was learned by the students. Only 50% of what's taught really is understood at the time by the students, so having homework gives them an opportunity to wrestle with that more. It also teaches students how to problem solve, and I'll give you an example of that in a minute. And then the third thing is it gives students another opportunity to review the class material that was presented. And then the fourth one is really important, gives parents a chance to see what's being taught in school, Mm -hmm. and that's really important these days. Let me give you an example of how it helps the students to problem solve. And this is very, very basic, wouldn't be at the high school level, but assume that you're teaching elementary students addition concepts and you say six plus one equals seven. Mm-hmm. Then the homework question is, what other three combinations of numbers would equal seven? Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot by asking <laughs> you those, but there are three that would give a student an opportunity to problem solve and try to figure that out. Yeah, makes sense to me. And Matt, seldom makes sense to me, Ralph, so you did a great (laughs) job explaining that one. Uh, Jeremy, a high school math teacher in Corning, also asked, does it make sense that every student pass the algebra regions to graduate? Why not let lower achieving students receive a local diploma that does not require a regents exam, Ralph? Well, this is really controversial, I know, but I would say, should everyone pass the algebra regions exam? simple answer, no. But I would not limit it to lower achieving students who might be given a local diploma. There's enough research now that shows that some of us process information differently, and we may not be able to ever process how algebra Mm. is done. So certainly there should be some other alternatives, and the state is moving in that direction with the latest recommendations to the commissioners, and I look forward to seeing where all that comes down. Hey, we mentioned we're going to talk about Christmas. It is the yearly debate about the separation of church and state. If it comes up, it usually comes up this time of year, Ralph. Uh, Give our (laughs) school leaders some guidance here on what's legal, what's not when it comes to things like Christmas decorations, Christmas concerts, caroling, Christmas cards, Christmas greetings, whatever it is in the public school setting. Can you even say Christmas anymore, Ralph? Uh, You sure can, and I'm happy to notice that more and more people are saying Merry Christmas. That's a good turnaround. But certainly public schools can celebrate Christmas as long as the school is not furthering Christianity. So Christmas music, Christmas art, Christmas drama, as long as they're presented in an objective manner and not for the purpose of furthering Christianity, certainly have a place at this time of year in the public school system. And it's also another 
good reason to get Christians on the school board, which is the whole purpose of the Teaching and Learning Institute. Yeah, it is. If you want to know more about the Teaching and Learning Institute, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, I've had enough. It's time for me to jump in and help out. Uh, where can folks go if they have questions about possibly running for their local school board in New York or Pennsylvania? And this is the time to begin to think about it, and you simply to go to whyrun.org, whyrun.org. All right, thank you, Ralph. Issues in Education airs Mondays during the Noon Report. You can also catch it online anytime, familylife.org. Just look for the News tab on the podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. The area of low pressure that delivered rain last night and snow to the higher elevations as well is pulling away now, taking the moisture with it. As a result, we'll be left with some snow showers and snow flurries scattered about this afternoon into tonight. Temperatures will rise back past 40 tomorrow, chill back down on Wednesday, but there are no signs of any Arctic cold or major snows anytime soon moving forward. So the snow from overnight earlier this morning in central New York, northeast Pennsylvania, pretty much done. There'll be scattered snow showers and snow flurries this afternoon into tonight. Temperatures holding nearly steady this afternoon, low to night 20s. Tomorrow milder, breezy, some sun, high temps, 30s and low 40s. A rain or snow shower tomorrow night, a few scattered flurries and a bit chillier on Wednesday. All right, Kevin, thank you very much for the great work at the Weather Center. And finally at noon today, don't be surprised if there's a change in your relationship status today. Correspondent Bree Tennis. Economic Times says today is a big day for breakups. Their prediction is based on Facebook trends and relationship status changes. Also, the proximity to Christmas. Psychology Today says it's the pressure of the season. It brings on meltdowns, holiday parties, and pressure from family. It makes lots of folks want to break up with their sweeties. And if it happens to you, take heart. April 5th is Get Back With Your Ex Day. I'm Bree Tennis. All right, Bree, thank you for that. And just like that, folks, we are out of time. That's the world we live in. Monday, December 11th. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.